Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Charmuckle Terminal fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sangai along with the coach with the most coming out from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite all-time baseball player is Ned Yost, Coach Mike Jones. We want to apologize to the listeners that were expecting some shows the last couple of weeks. We had issues with the server that prevented us from being on the air, but we are back now. That is all corrected, so we are looking forward to 2024, and we will be making up the shows that did not make it to air. But without further ado today, I want to bring our guest on. He is the former PNPW champion, Charlie Bravo. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, since today happens to be your first time with us, I will start you out with our traditional first-timer question. How did you get into the crazy world of professional wrestling? Oh, man. Um, Well, with the PNPW in town, I, at one point, like going on 10 years ago now, um, I just sent them a message. How do I get into this? this, You know, it's a childhood dream how does one get into this? And then they responded, come on down. We'll show you um, kind of what it's about. And then if you like it from there, you can stick around. Nine years later, I'm still there. <laughs> now, it was not all that long ago that you defeated pretty boy Troy Prescott to win the PMPW championship, you said getting into the business was a lifelong dream. How was it winning the championship? Well, that, uh, I, I, I was speechless. Um, I didn't know how things were going to pan out. And then when I heard that three count, I was uh, I, I was just I, I was speechless. <laughs> I, I was ecstatic and kind of uh, I might, might be on might not be on the big stage of uh, you know the the WWE um, AEW. I might not be on that stage, but still a dream to um, capture a head championship of a wrestling promotion. I happened to be at a show last night with pretty boy Troy Prescott, and he asked me to convey to you he is looking for some revenge for that loss of the title, and he'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, so be it. We've gone uh, toe-to-toe a couple times, and I've bested him thus far, and it's... uh, it's always 
fun to see what he has to throw at me. Absolutely. Troy Prescott, very good competitor. Now, wrestling primarily for PNPW, which for the fans listening that are not familiar, that is in Astoria, Oregon, along the coast of Oregon. There is a wrestling commission there in Oregon. Uh, They require annual blood work, but not a specific license, and the commission handles uh, taxes and fees and things of that nature from the wrestling companies there. Every state, of course, is different when it comes to commissions, but for your own personal career, have you dealt much having to work with the athletic commission in Oregon? I have not, no. Just from your own personal opinions on things and things you've observed within the industry, would you say that having state athletic commissions oversee wrestling is generally helpful, or do you think it's a detriment to professional wrestling, or do you think that things are sort of in a neutral state and it's going okay as is? Um. I think it's uh, kind of a, a neutral zone for for me personally. Um, like I said, I, I haven't really had much interaction on, in that realm. Um, but and the you know, promotion that I've been working for the last um, almost ten years has hasn't really had any issues with um, going against any uh, regulations or anything like that. So I, I really don't have a bias in either direction. I know that in your careers, uh, there's been a few different venues where PNPW have run both indoor and some outdoor shows. Every wrestler usually has that one place that they most enjoy going to wrestle, whether it's the aesthetics of the building or because of how the fans are in the building or because of how close it is, whatever the reason is, they have that one favorite. What would you say is your favorite venue where you've wrestled? Um, I would say Rainier Days, hands down. Um, Rainier is, so the Rainier Days, it's the first weekend after the 4th of July. And uh, they have this big old, carnival fair um, kind of thing and um, at that point it, it, it's an outside show there's a lot of people coming in a lot of people who haven't experienced the uh, pro wrestling atmosphere it's uh, a lot of people's first time seeing a show and it's something that's at that show it, it doesn't cost admission to anybody and then there's a lot more um, fan interaction um, possible at that show just because the the sheer numbers of people that show up. Now, in the last several weeks, there's been a little controversy industry wide 
because Matt Cardona put out on X slash Twitter that if you were a wrestling promoter that did not provide water at a show, then you should stop running shows. A lot of people thought that providing water was not something promoters were obligated to do, and some people thought that that was a bare minimum that promoters could do. On shows that you have done, do you see the promoters providing water and or food to the wrestlers, or is that something that is up to you to do? Uh, Water has always been available. Um, That's something that I I feel should be there for the uh, wrestlers regardless, just because it's, you know, we're we're putting our bodies through a lot of abuse, um, running around, jumping around, getting thrown around, and um, especially in rainy area, it can get pretty, pretty hot. Uh, One of the um, things I did at the last Rainier show, actually, the referee, um, he had been out there the entire show, and it was the sun was beating down on him. And the, probably the <laughs> um, best thing I did that show was on the way out for my match, I actually had a cold water bottle, toss it to him, and then you could easily see the uh, difference when someone has a little bit of hydration on them. Absolutely. Hydration usually solves a lot of issues. Now, in your career, you've had sort of an evolution as far as look goes from when you very first started to where you are now as far as how you present yourself with your ring gear and what you wear into matches. Do you have a set person that comes up with either designing what you wear or making what you wear as far as ring gear goes? Uh, Not really. When I started out, I I found a picture of it recently, actually. Uh, When I started out, I had this um, camouflage, like the digital camo singlet. I had camo uh, shoes, almost like Converse. Um, I had an off a different kind of camo knee pad. And when I was looking at that picture, I was just thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> I've come a long way since. Um, and starting out, it was uh, with, with the promoter of, uh, hey, let's let's try this look. Let's let's go with this look. Okay, that's not going to work. Let's, let's go this route. And that second route we went, that took off from there. Like I said earlier, you pretty much are a staple at PNPW, but through your career, have you ventured out very much into other promotions, other states, maybe even going up into Canada, which is not all that far from you? I have not. It's definitely crossed my mind. Um, I know there's uh, a lot of shows in the Portland metro area, but where I'm at, that's if, if I'm going by myself, which will probably end up being the case, that's a long two-plus hours to drive um, by myself to get thrown around and then take the, take that drive back. So it, it's it's been thought about, and I'm still thinking about it. I still have a lot of, a lot of life left. I know that much. Um, but I, 
thought about hitting the road here here before too long. Just got to make sure the schedules all match up. I mean, there are airplanes as well for some locations. Nice little commuter flights, not too bad. Yeah, very true. One of the things in professional wrestling that has taken place since the pandemic that has become, uh, I would say, more widespread because it was around pre-pandemic is live streaming of shows. A lot of companies, once the pandemic hit, felt like they had to live stream shows even if there were no fans in attendance just to keep their name in the minds of fans for when they came back and have some sort of content going. Since the pandemic is not really an issue, the live streaming continued for a lot of places and they will put their shows on YouTube or TikTok videos of it or they will have it on one of the streaming services like Fight TV or uh, Powerbomb.tv. There are a lot of people that think that live streaming hurts the overall live attendance numbers and merchandise sales. Other people feel that it helps with merchandise sales because of people from out of area getting interested and wanting to pick up merchandise. A lot of people will argue that it helps monetize if they are streaming things. Where do you stand as far as live streaming wrestling shows in 2024? Um, I think it can really go both ways. Um, when it comes to live attendance, um, it's, you know, it's, it's always nice to have a, a full crowd. It's always nice to have to be able to hear um, the reaction to the story that's being told in the ring. Uh, for those who are not able to make it, maybe they're immune compromised, maybe the um, pandemic um, kind of caused some people to not be able to travel. Um, I feel like the live stream still gives the uh, the fan that opportunity to be in attendance, even though they're not there physically. I do feel like it um, live streaming can um, be a, a positive, uh, positive thing for the pro wrestling industry, just because it's if you're not there, you can still be there. Well, we have a game that we like to play on the show, and I think. This is a perfect time for that. We call it word association, and the first word or two that comes to mind when I give you a name is the answer. Are you prepared to do a little bit of word association? Oh, I, I can definitely try. <laughs> All right, here we go. Christopher Rising. Mirror. <laughs> George Michael. Oh, man. George Michael. That's a, that's a tough one. 
Honestly, I know it's supposed to be first word, George Michael. Not quite a gentleman. Fair enough. Pretty boy Troy Prescott. Knowledgeable. Smooth Steve Rush. C.C. Poison. Mentor. Pat Large. Resilient. Raven Vargas. Think of Taco Sunday. Last name Janice Jet. Ruthless. All right. Well, that wraps up word association. And at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is with us. I know he has questions. I'm going to pass you right over to the coach with the most. Hey, brother, how you doing? Doing well. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on today. My first question oh, for is, me. who was your heroes growing up? That includes ordinary life, sports, music, and professional wrestling. Oh, man. Um, growing up, I was always a fan of uh, you know, just about anyone who would play uh, or portray a superhero on on TV, um, and e- even as an adult, you know, I, I still have, you know, I'm 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 a proud nerd when it comes to TV shows, when it comes to you know video games, I'm I'm a proud nerd. I still um, indulge a little bit in that kind of in that realm. Um, with uh, wrestling, I I got to go. Um, my buddy and I. Um, we got into wrestling right after WrestleMania 19, uh, starting with Backlash. Then from there, of course, there's, you know, Goldberg. You got Shawn Michaels and, you know, those other big names. But one 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 uh, individual that always kind of stuck with me was uh, Rob Van Dam. His athleticism, his um, the way that he worked, the way that he's able to tell his story, and he, didn't, he just didn't stop. And he he was probably my one of my biggest uh, um, reasons for wanting to get into pro wrestling. Right on. What about in sports and music? Um, music, I'm kind of all over the place. I can go anywhere from hard rock to um, Johnny Cash. I mean, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. I don't have one that I could really list off. Um, sports. Um, I was a fan of um, going going to Michael Jordan, going to um, is it uh, Brian Russell? Uh, he you know previous for the Jazz. Um, other than that, um, I haven't really kept up a whole lot with with sports. I just, um, just a lot a lot going on, kind of keeping things yeah. simple on on one track mind. All right. And then did you play sports in high school or growing up? I did, yeah. Um, let's see. I, I did a little, little bit of everything. I've done 
I did. I was a track sprinter and jumper in, in high school. Um, my sophomore year, I was on the varsity sprint team. Um, I did I did a lot of theater actually in, in school. One one nice. thing is I could go back. I, I miss the I miss being on the in, in theater. And then, what's your self defense background? Um, I got you know. Going through military, I I was in the military for six and a half years, and then so a little bit of that, and I got uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of jujitsu, very very little, but I was growing up something I'd kind of play with a little bit. Okay, and then what different characters have you worked in wrestling besides the one you currently do? Um, starting out, I was actually a um on on the goon squad for um for George Michael and then um after at that point I'd kind of had enough of that character kind of ripped off the mask and made the the turn no, the, the face turn to to Charlie Bravo okay and then in your lifetime what have been some of the most memorable matches you've seen that includes VHS tape, internet, or live. Um, one of the most memorable. I was in attendance um, down in um, Sacramento for uh, the start of Shawn Michaels versus Hogan. Um, I, I watched Shawn Michaels take Hogan in the chin, and uh, when that feud started, that was kind of a moment to give uh, goosebumps. <laughs> um, another one that I enjoyed um, on, on screen was just a, the feud between Rob Van Dam and Kane. Um, boy, they told their story, and I could, I could go on and on, and I'd probably talk your ear off, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other ones that we might want to look up? Um... Uh, Sheldon Benjamin, when when he was uh, making a big name for for himself on on Raw, um, going against Shawn Michaels, his springboard from one end of the ring getting kicked in the face on by Shawn on the other end of the ring. Um, that's one of the big highlights that's always you know lived rent free in my head. <laughs> nice. Okay. And then of course we're excited to hear about your most memorable matches. Um, let's see. You know, you know, leading off was um when when I got the PNPW Heavyweight Championship. That was actually a year ago uh, this month. And then um two, I'd probably go to Rainier of last year. Uh was when I hit my my first frog splash off the top rope. So I'd been in pro wrestling for you know, nine years of that time, and that was the first time I ever, ever hit or attempted something from the top rope, and I, I landed flawlessly. Sweet. Okay. It was a, a feel-good moment. And then who who are your favorite people to work with? Um, the the JD Grunge. Um. We have we have a lot of chemistry in the ring. When when I started my training, he was starting his training. When 
I was setting up the ring. He was setting up the ring. So we, we started, um, he, he has a little bit of time on me, but we started very close to one another. Um, and then I would I would say working with um, CC Poison, he's um, definitely a, a leader and a go-getter in the ring. Um, he's the one that will definitely um, steer you in the right direction. Hey, let's get this done. Let's do it this way. And you can tell by his body language of what's what he wants to do next. Absolutely. Okay, this next segment is called Favorites. I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is if you drink coffee. Uh, let's see. A little bit of coffee. Um, I'll do a little bit of hazelnut, a little bit of French vanilla, and then uh, creamer-wise, and I'll just put coffee on top of it. That's that's it, and I'm I'm pretty simple. All right, and then what what has been your favorite concerts you've seen? Favorite concert? Ooh, um, I saw Jason Mraz last year. Um, there's very few people that I can think of that can hold a crowd in the palm of their hand. He's one of them. And then uh, going back a few years would be Garth Brooks up in uh, Tacoma. That was an amazing show. Nice, for sure. And then what about your favorite sports teams in your lifetime? Um, let's see. Growing up, my dad was always a fan of the uh, Chicago Bears. And, you know, so at that, at that point, you know, my dad likes it, so I'm going to like it. And then um, I've been just kind of on the um, bandwagon for the area, to be honest. Um, I'll, I'll cheer for Portland uh, Blazers. I'll cheer for Seattle Seahawks. Other than that, I don't really follow a whole lot. Okay. And then who have been some of the, your toughest opponents in wrestling? Um, let's see. Probably going to lead off with um, Pretty Boy Troy because he's definitely you – know, he, he's a veteran in the ring. He's um, He knows the ins and outs, and his moveset is, is vast. Um, he's almost unpredictable of of what's going to happen, so it's kind of hard to um, counter and kind of get on top of him. All right. Uh, another one. We, oh, okay, uh, excuse me for interrupting you. Sorry. The, another one would be um, uh, gentleman George Michael, because um, he he always has his his. His crew out there, the 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 monarchy is what they're called, and so when you get on top of him, they're trying to distract the referee, and then it's kind of a, a snowball effect from there. All right, yeah. And then what about some up and comers that we might want to keep an eye on or or look up? Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't have. Um, any names for that part? We've I haven't seen too many too many people coming in to PMPW that were um, that were new. Uh, one guy that was uh, pretty young was um, Jakari Frost. I think he's uh, down in the Portland area. Um, but I'm he's he's a younger guy. I'm, I met him in the ring once, and 
Let's see. On a good day, I'm I'm five foot seven. On a good day, he is a lot <laughs> okay. taller, a lot taller than I am, a lot a lot bigger uh-huh. than I am. <laughs> um, but the way that he performed in the ring felt like he had been doing it for a lot longer than he had. All right, nice. And then, what suggestions do you have for people wanting to get into the business? If you're wanting to get into pro wrestling, is you got to jump in. It, it is uh, quite a commitment. It's not going to come. Uh, you're you're not going to get a match right away. You got to learn how to run. You got to learn how to fall. You got to learn how to. Uh, you got to learn how to breathe. That, that's one of the biggest things is uh, not breathing while you're in the ring. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to a promotion. Hey, how do I? How do I do this? Where do I start? That, that's that's how I got involved was that I asked those exact questions and you know going on ten years I've been champion I've been um, in a couple of tag teams I've been just hitting the ground running ever since. Amen. Okay. And then what schools would you like to suggest for people? Um, I've I've seen a lot coming up from uh, Oregon Pro Wrestling. I see them on social media quite often. Um, they'll show their you know what they're doing for the day and they'll kind of give um. A, um, they'll show examples of what they want, and then um, personally, I, I did not attend, but I've just seen them. Uh, seems like they've made quite the name for themselves. Yes, for sure. And then, what do you got coming up, brother? Um, end of the month, we got our our monthly show here. Um, I think in late February. Uh, Charler Bravo may be um, hitting the road, uh, going over towards um, Kelso or, or Longview. Um, and then here before too long, might be going down towards um, St. Helens. Uh, there's rumor of a possible promotion um, down there, but that's just rumor at this point. But trying to hit the road and keep uh, keep Charler Bravo alive. All right, cool. And hey, how do people get a hold of you? I'm I'm on Facebook. Um, Charlie Bravo. It's a C H A R L Y, not not I E. Um, I'm I'm on there you know, quite often. I do have an Instagram that I haven't given much attention to, but it's same thing, Charlie Bravo. Um, kind of kind of hard to miss. All right. Well, hey, I'm sure Sign Guy's got a lot more for you. But, hey, I want to thank you for giving us this interview, and I want to wish you all the luck in the world, brother. Yeah, and likewise, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Coach. Well, Charlie, one of the things that has been around the business for several decades now is the newsletters. A lot of people refer to them as dirt sheets, but they are basically trade newsletters that uh, talk about the industry from within it. There are several based in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Brian Alvarez has the figure four. Uh, we, of course, know uh, Mike Rogers used to run his newsletter out of the Pacific Northwest. Craig Proper is involved with the figure four, so there's a lot of people in that 
part of the industry located up here, do you pay attention very much to the newsletters and what they're writing about the local scene, or is that something off your radar? My radar. Um, don't have I, – I haven't paid much attention, to be honest. One of the other aspects of professional wrestling that is oftentimes how wrestlers make money in the business is merchandising. Oftentimes a wrestler will make several times what his actual pay for the wrestling matches through merchandise. We see a lot of variety on merchandise tables on shows where I am. There's everything from beer steins to stickers to beanies to teddy bears to T-shirts, all manners of things. How involved are you in the merchandising aspect of things? Um, not really. Um, I honestly, I only recently got my my own um, shirt that I wear. Um, with my entrances and um i've I've kind of thought about it but i i really enjoy the um like the intimacy between fan and wrestler at at these um smaller shows kind of i've I've toyed with the idea of getting some hats and shirts and i think it it may happen here before too long but still something i'm kind of debating with Just based on what you have observed on shows where you are, what would you say is the most interesting item a wrestler has tried to sell the fans at the merchandise table? Um, I, I've seen, I've just really seen the basics from pictures to you know little keychains. I think the little keychains are actually pretty cool because that's something that you'll uh, carry carry along with you and you'll probably end up playing with your keys one day. Say, oh, yeah, I remember that show. I need to go back. I think a keychain would probably be uh, one of the better ones, honestly. On the independent circuit, there is a wrestler by the name of Carly Bravo that has picked up a lot of traction in the last couple of years. Uh, Carly Bravo is in a lot of different promotions and wrestles, I believe, the eastern part of the country predominantly. Do you find yourself getting confused with Carly Bravo by fans, or is that something that has not happened yet? Uh, something that hasn't happened. I, I honestly didn't realize there was a, a similar name out there. There is. I would encourage you to look up footage just so you know what fans are talking about in case it does start to happen. Yeah, absolutely. In a similar vein, there was, of course, a very famous wrestler by the name of Dino Bravo who worked in the WWF for several years and was very, very famous in Montreal. Do you ever get asked a lot by fans if you are related to the late Dino Bravo? I do not, no. Um, I'll have to look into it a little bit. My... The Charlie Bravo, you know, that came from from my military background. I, I was a 
started when I was in the National Guard. Promoter said, "Hey, this is going to be a great idea for you." Um, that's just kind of where where Charlie Bravo came from. Speaking of the military background, we've seen throughout wrestling history a large number of wrestlers that would have military-based personas, everybody from Freddie Blassie when he was first starting to Sergeant Slaughter to Corporal Kirshner. Booker T was G.I. Bro for a long time. Do you think that the military-based gimmicks are something that are still very relevant in the era we're in, or do you think that the military gimmick is something that maybe the fans don't gravitate towards as much. Um, well, I, I know um, up here uh, with PMPW, it's something that took off really quick. It just kind of depends on where you're at, where what the um, social view is, you know, in, in your area. Um, the, the military-based gimmicks. It. it if they per, personally, if they can show or you know prove that they you know really have a heart for for that military side, then go for it. Um, but as long as you know no one tries to misrepresent or make make military comedy act, um, I, I think it's uh, something that still has potential to be a, a good uh, performance. have another game that we like to play. We call it Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk. I will give you a series of two options, and the one that is your personal preference is the correct answer. There is no wrong or right answer. Would you like to play around and Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk? Yeah, let's do it. Boots or barefoot? Boots. 18-foot ring or 16-foot ring? Um, 18-foot. Pin or submission? Ooh. I got to go with pins. I, I love submissions, but I got to go with the pin. Fish or chicken? Tennis or handball? Uh, tennis. Toyota or Ford? Toyota. Body slam or pile driver? Oh, man. Um, If done right, I'll say pile driver. Bob Backlund or Bob Orton Jr.? Um, Backlund. The last one, steel cage or no disqualification match? Um, I'll go with no, no DQ. Now, speaking of the no DQ and the steel cage, one of the staples in wrestling is, of course, the stipulation match, and we've seen 
hundreds of different stipulation matches in the history of our sport. How often do you personally participate in the special stipulation matches? Uh, very, very seldom. Um, I know that at some point there, <laughs> the referee can get distracted to the point where it almost seems like a no disqualification. Um, but other than that, I've I've been in involved with one. Um, that was back when I was kind of starting out, still still under the hood, um, and then. I've set up a couple um, cage matches with PMPW. Uh, just as a safety precaution, we had to, you know, some guys kind of um, keep in kayfabe, but at the same time make sure that those are, who are participating in the cage match will still be safe. That's the hope and dream. Now you referenced the referees missing things. We know in pro wrestling that the referee is often an overlooked aspect of the sport, and a well-trained, good referee can help carry a bad match to being a better match than it should be. A bad referee or one ill-trained can make a good match really bad in a hurry. Who would you say are some of the better referees with which you've worked? Um, let's see, for, for a while there, um, with PMW, we had uh, Steve Rush, uh, refing our show and he, he was, you know, definitely knows the ins and outs of the, of the, um, of wrestling. Um, the guy that we have now, um, he's, he's actually, um, a good buddy of mine when earlier talking about the, um, growing up in our wrestling nights is, is, uh, Actually, my buddy, my buddy, he's the referee for our show. Um, he's he's actually studied quite a bit. Um, we both have kept up on wrestling for you know twenty years now, and then the everything that he's seen, he can apply it instantly at the next show, and he's he, he adapts very quickly, very well. And I think he's probably one of the better referees that we've had since I've been with PNPW. Similar note, the ring announcer is also a very underrated position within pro wrestling. The ring announcer is the face of the company. They are the people that make sure the fans know all of the information they need to not only enjoy the show, but to support the company and make sure the dollars keep flowing into the coffers. Who would you say are some of the best ring announcers out there? Um, honestly, I, I don't know names on the independent circuit. Um, got a, a gentleman that we have, um, Guy Live. He's he's uh, he's a, a hoot to work with. He's funny. He's really he'll he'll interact with everybody at the show, including the heels. Um, and then that's. On the, on the independent independent circuit, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's he's the only one that I, I can really um, identify. Oh, obviously, 
moves Steve Rush before he became a referee have been wrestling for many, many years before he transitioned to that role. Looking down the road, have you ever considered any other roles in wrestling for when the day comes that maybe you want to hang up the boots as an in-ring competitor? Um, if I need to slow down, I may look into the you know, referee position. Um, it, it's still fast-paced, still up, up in the action, but it's not getting thrown around as much. It's something that's, a, that's quite a bit lighter. Um, but if I can still find a way to get into the ring, I'm going to get into the ring. One of the things a lot of wrestlers will try at least once is promoting their own show. A lot of wrestlers just want that experience to see if they can pull it off. Some wrestlers go into it thinking that this is going to be what they want to do with their career, only to find out it's far too hard for them to do that. And a lot of wrestlers, of course, get into it and enjoy that part of the business and transition to that, whether they still are active in the ring or not. Have you ever considered promoting your own show? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, At the same time, if I were to look into promoting, I'd probably want to collaborate with someone. Um, that way, we both have an idea of of uh, where we want to go. It's a little bit more, uh, a little more sense of security you know, going in as a team. Uh, personal opinion. We mentioned Steve Rush, and when people hear the name Smooth Steve Rush, one of the first words that pops to a lot of people's mind is severe injuries. It's part of the wrestling business to get injured, whether it's something minor or something a lot more debilitating. Eventually you'll get injured if you're in the business very long. What are some of the injuries that you've had to overcome thus far? Um, I, I've been uh, I've been pretty lucky, honestly. Uh, a couple times I've just about you know dislocated my thumbs um not not at the same time but i've i've both thumbs have been um either drilled into the mat or just kind of bent the wrong way and something like that it's real small but it is extremely painful um other than being a little bit sore afterwards um not a whole lot i i try to take care of my guys and i know that they they take care of me at the same time Hopefully that will be continuing as you go through your career. One of the other things related to that is bloodshed in wrestling. It's been there since the dawn of wrestling, and it's just a natural thing that sometimes will happen. But in recent times, with more knowledge from the medical sciences about bloodborne pathogens, a lot of people feel intentional use of blood in wrestling is something that should be 
done away with. Other people feel that it's fine to do under controlled circumstances. Other people will bleed every single match they do every single night. Where do you stand when it comes to the use of blood in professional wrestling? If it's if it's necessary to tell the story, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. But I don't see a need to uh, be bleeding every show. You know, I, I've I've had my fair share of um, accidental um, bleeding uh, last last January when I was uh, up against Troy. Um, you know, I, and my my nose had been. Um, pretty sensitive just because of the cold allergies and whatnot. And he ended up nicking my nose just right. And at that point, it you know, kind of turned on the, the, the faucet coming out of my nose. Um, you know, those are things that you that are kind of hard to avoid. Um, but I, I don't see I don't see it being as meaningful if you're if you're bleeding every show. It doesn't show that it doesn't look like you're working. Um, as I feel like it takes away from from the story. Once in a while, hey, this guy's fighting his heart out. He, you know, literally fly, fighting through the blood, sweat, and tears. Um, you know that that's the guy that I want to see. One of the things in the wrestling industry that has garnered a lot of talk in the last month or so is the movie The Iron Claw, which depicts the Von Erich family. It's loosely based on real events, but a lot of people were very angry, seemingly, that everything was not 100% completely factual and followed an exact timeline. Some people thought it was very good as a scripted motion picture. Other people... Did not enjoy it for various reasons. Have you seen the film? And if so, do you have an opinion on it? Uh, no, I have not seen it. Uh, I'm, but still, it, it's in my. <laughs> it's it's definitely a plan to see it. But when it comes to telling somebody's story, you know, it's always going to be a game of telephone. Um, you know, you you want you, you tell the first person, you know, hello, how are you, and then. By the end of the, by the end of the line, it's hi, I'm okay. So, so it, it completely it can completely change um, the message that's being told. But it's it, like I said, it's a game of telephone. Things are going to get mixed up. Things are going to um, not come across exactly how they're uh, how they're meant to. But that, that's that's film. It's 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 going to happen. Now, if you could go through wrestling's history and pick out any other person in the business or any other family in the business and have Hollywood make a major motion picture based on them, who do you see out there that would make the most successful film? Oh, man. Um I would like to see kind kind of a up and coming movie for Rey Mysterio. 
um, you know, the ultimate underdog. He started when he was really young. He and he's been on top of the world numerous times. It, I, I think it would be really um, entertaining to to hear his story. Not a bad pick. On the last twenty-five years or so, wrestling books have exploded in popularity. Whether it is an autobiography or a historical book or a book in general about professional wrestling, but ever since McFoley hit number one, we've seen a slew of books hit the market. Do you have a personal favorite wrestling-related book? Um, not really. Um, years ago, uh, when, um, uh, Steve Austin came out with the, with the Stone Cold Truth, um, I, I thought that one was, um, kind of cool to dive into a little bit because it told the story of this, um, of this brick of a man who, you know, and, and where he's been, where he's coming from. Not a bad one. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure you have ample time if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything at all. Say anything you would like to the listeners in closing. Floor is all yours. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I I started going on 10 years ago now, and it's not going to be... Uh, you know, not going to hit top of the world right away. Um, that's one of the things that uh, almost got me actually probably kicked out of the NPW was I wasn't patient at first. You got to remember, be patient, and that's um, one of the biggest lessons that I've taken everywhere, whether it be in the ring, personal life, um, is to be patient, work well with others. <laughs> Um PMW is typically the last Sunday of the of the month. Um come July. Uh there's two shows. You got PMPW um at Rainier Day, so if you're in the area, it's a wonderful um time, good good experience for everybody. And then um I mean if there's any questions, uh, I'd Told you I'm out there on social media. I'm, I'd be more than happy to chit chat with somebody once in a while. It really doesn't bother me. Um, I, I try to be as humble as possible because that's, you know, being humble has gotten me to where I am. So I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have any more questions, but that's about it for me. Uh, I was I... gonna. I was... I was going to see if uh, you could give us a CC Poison story. I've worked with him at uh, New Dimension Wrestling, Johnny Fairplay's group there in Portland. Man, he was over like crazy back then. Uh, give us a story about him. Oh, man, I, I know I know he's come a long ways. Um, <clears throat> and back to the um, the single words, you know, you brought up CC Poison. He's, in my time there, he's definitely been a, a mentor. Um He's an amazing individual. His his crowd interactions, the way that he's able to connect on a personal level, that's one thing that I 
I tried to adopt as Charlie Bravo as well. And I think it's something that has worked uh, pretty well for me. Um, there's been, you know, a couple of years ago, I was going to the fair and, you know, I, I was actually recognized by a couple of the kids there. Hey, it's, it's the America guy. And I thought it was hilarious. Um, but that came from kind of watching how he interacts and adopting that uh, myself. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to follow in his footsteps just because of the amazing individual that he is. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right. Well, Charlie Bravo, we want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today and telling us more about your career in professional wrestling. Best of luck to you in your career. Hopefully you pulled off the challenge of pretty boy Troy Prescott, and hopefully we will have you back here again sometime. All right. Hey, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, coaches, we wind this down. You got some things to plug or promote? Yeah, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. Then, of course, every Saturday noon Pacific, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast, which I'm blessed to have Sign Guy on there with me probably half the time. And we just had a great show yesterday with MK Bandit. And then I got next week, I got the executive producer of the movie The Wrestler, Evan Ginsberg. And then on the following week, I have Rampage Radisson. And at the end of the month, I got rescheduled Sam Sims back. I want to thank JD, QT, Sign Guy, everyone who's worked at Turnbuckle Turmoil, and all the fans. We love you guys. Thank you. All right, and fans, you can find me on all the social medias. You know the drill. Look them up. And then if you are looking for the sign of the times, the most recent one just about to pop up on YouTube. So check that out shortly. You can find us on the airwaves next week. Next Friday afternoon, we have King Kalua with us. Looking very forward to hearing the story of King Kalua, longtime veteran wrestler out of Pennsylvania. And then we will be back with you one week from this very day with the Drip Goat at a special start time of 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. So the Drip Goat Cosmo getting a special edition, a Buddhist special, if you will, Also, we want to thank the fine people over at RWA Rogue Wrestling Attractions, Pack House last at the Convention Center. Great show, so thanks to everyone for making that show a success. You can find me later this month. I will be at Combat Pro Wrestling Presents Theatrical Wrestling in Linwood, Washington, the debut in Linwood next month on the 10th. I'll be back at Northwest Pro in Vaughn, and then the week after that, back at it for CPW, and then the following week, back at Rogue Wrestling Attractions in Ocean Shores. So make sure you have plans to join us. We will talk to everybody soon.
soon. Everybody stay safe out there. Never heard like this before.